Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bruno. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see you all here, and it's great to see such a great crowd. As uh, Bruno has said, if you're here for the first time, really, really welcome. Hope you enjoy it, and um, we hope you feel blessed, and uh, we hope that um, you carry that blessing beyond this place, and um, wherever God is calling you to. It's um, it's good to be together. It's hard to believe it's September, isn't it? Um, all of a sudden, we are into the manic kind of month of everything getting started back up again, school runs and all the little clubs for the younger parents and stuff like that. And um, yeah, maybe maybe um, maybe some grannies and granddads are getting a bit of a break as kids go back to school. I don't know, but it's um, it's great to be it's great to be together. And uh, the smor- September always marks a, a new season, doesn't it? It always speaks to us of that. And while it can be overwhelming um, and take us a few weeks to find our feet, it's also a time that marks a lot of opportunity. And uh, while we love the summer months, uh, I always love that kind of slight gear shift that we all feel when we reach this time of the year. And as we do that, I want to try and land a few thoughts this morning for how we are going to move forward or how we sense God is calling us to move forward together um, in this next season. And uh, hopefully that will make sense to you. First of all, I guess before I get into a Bible passage that I think is going to ground us over the next number of weeks um, and launch into this new series, um, I think we just need to acknowledge it has been a crazy time, hasn't it? We are... We've, we've been through a, a really unique moment in our lives, in, in history, and uh, in one way people are trying to get back to normal, but we're not quite sure what the new normal really is. Um, there's so much uncertainty in the air, lots of anxiety being predicted, lots of talk about um, it's just unpredictable, isn't it? On the one hand, we've got all talks of rising living costs. On the other hand, it feels like people are spending more than they've ever spent. It's just, it's just quite unpredictable to know exactly how the world is going to find itself post-COVID. It doesn't feel like a normal transitional period. And so we're hitting September and we're used to a bit of transition, but this just doesn't seem like the normal level of transition. Um, I, uh, we, we, uh, we're in the middle of proper renovations at the moment. It's, uh, it's stretching our levels of sanctification, let's just say, to the max. Um, uh, but thank God you don't do that all the time, right? So we're going into a transition as kids go back to school and things get set and reset and all of that. But it's a unique time for us personally because there's so much upheaval and so much change. And I think that's a little bit of a metaphor for how we are living through this particular period. We're changing and we're transitioning into what God has called us to, but we're living in a unique moment in history. And um, and people are really assessing how they do life, how they spend their money, what their priorities are. Um, and I think the church at large is also in a very transitional moment. Lots of older leaders have died over the last number of years. Lots of leaders that people look to have fallen, unfortunately, over the last number of years. And it does feel like the church is in a significant moment of transition as well, and a unique one at that as well. And we see this through the Bible. There are certain what um, Thomas Cahill, the writer, called hinges of history that we live through. And we see these hinges of history even throughout the scriptures. You know, one, for example, that comes to mind would be um, at the start of the book of Samuel, where it says that uh, the visions of the Lord were rare 
okay? And, and the, the word of the Lord was rare, and, and there was hardly any visions because it had reached quite a dark place in its history, Israel, and it needed something else. And the priesthood itself, the temple, the institution of the church, if you like, at that time, had also become lazy and tired and ineffective. And God was stirring the heart of a young boy at that particular time and speaking his name, Samuel. Samuel telling him that a new thing was going to happen. And so all of that to say by way of introduction, I, I feel we're at a quite a unique moment in history. And it's important for us to try and speak into that over the next number of weeks. Uh, and we're going to try and do that. We're going to try and speak into where we find ourselves. We want to um, listen to what God is doing. We don't want to be ignorant to what is happening in the culture. We don't want to just come in here and sing our songs and not pay attention to what's happening out there, to what people are experiencing, to what the news is saying. We want to pay attention to those things, but ultimately, with all of that in mind, we want to hear the voice of the Lord. What is Jesus saying to the church in these days? What is Jesus saying to you in these days? How are you orientating your life, not around what the expectations of everybody else have of you is, but how are you orientating your life around the word of the Lord to you? That's, that's a challenging question. Well, and first and foremost, I'll ask it to myself, am I? Are you? Are we, are we orientating our lives around what Jesus is saying? When was the last time we sensed we heard Jesus speak to us? And did we and are we following him? And as we've birthed this church over four or five years ago, our heart has always been to try and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, to not become consumed with structures and buildings as important as they are, but to first and foremost be obsessed with the voice of Jesus and to be obsessed with hearing his voice and to be led people led by the Spirit of the living God into all that he has for us. And that's what we really want to continue to be like. And so in spite of all that's going on in the culture around us, we do believe that the Lord has positioned us here in this particular part of Portadown for all that lies ahead. We are like everyone else, aren't we? We're human beings. All of us watch the news. All of us look at our balance sheets. All of us are sending kids back to school. Well, many of us, all of us have got our own different anxieties and problems. We're human beings, yeah, that feel all of that kind of stuff. And we want to be real about that. We want to be true to that. And we want to pastor and love one another well in it. But ultimately, if we love Jesus, we are the people of God. We trust in the Father who looks after the birds of the air, feeds them every day and clothes the flowers every day. We want to be people who seek first the kingdom of God because if we seek first his kingdom, then everything else will be added on to us. And we really want to be that kind of a people. And so as we find ourselves at this particular point, I want to introduce to you a certain place in the Bible that becomes a physical site where God reminds the people of God who they are. There, there are these times throughout the biblical story and the biblical journey where God reminds his people who they are, and what they've been called to. And because we're human, we need to be, yeah? And there's a place I'm going to speak about this morning. Um, you saw the graphic on the screen. It's called Gilgal. And I'm going to read about this place called Gilgal in a moment. You find it in the book of Joshua. Um, but before we do that, just a little tiny bit more context. Let me just see if I can get this down a wee bit. Ah, that's good. Sorry, that was just annoying me. 
Um, I want to introduce to you this place called Gilgal. Now, Gilgal, as I say, is somewhere where we uh, get to when we read the book of Joshua. And here's why I think it's important for us, because I think it, it kind of runs concurrently, if that's the word, with our journey to date. And so for those of you who are, are new, newer this morning to the journey of Emmanuel Portadown, hopefully this will be helpful for you as well as I just quickly recap how we felt the Lord lead us over the last four or five years. God had spoken to a man called Abraham, right? Genesis chapter 12, after the kind of restart of creation, if you like. And Abraham was told just to follow the voice of God, just to, just to go walking with God, really. And he did. And there's this little, lovely little phrase that tells us that Abraham built altars, and he pitched his tent, and he dug a well. And as we listened to the Lord about what he was calling us to do four or five years ago, it was very much that. It was very much, it was very much build, build an altar, show up and pray. Lay your lives down as living sacrifices. Go to pour down people's park and just pray around it. See what God does. See what God says. We think he's saying something that he wants to do here and pour it down. Let's, let's follow him to where we feel the Spirit is leading us. And, and, so, and so we did that and God led us. Now, Abraham's descendants then, numbers of years later, were the children of Israel who'd been rescued from slavery. And, um, and when they were rescued from slavery, they were brought into the wilderness. And as they walked around the wilderness, they had to learn how to follow the cloud of God's presence. And if you've been around Emmanuel Porter Down for any length of time, you'll have heard us use that phrase lots. If our church had a hashtag, if you like, it would be follow the cloud, because that's what the Lord has called us to do, um, to not, as I said earlier, become um, necessarily uh, obsessed with where we're going to end up physically, but to become desperate for his voice and to follow him under all that he has for us. And so we have referred to this over the, over the years, uh, that we would be in one way we're homeless, but wherever we are with Jesus, we're at home as we follow him, as we follow the cloud of his presence, knowing that he is leading us somewhere without actually fully knowing where that might be, but trusting that the priority is the presence of God. Last summer then, that brought us to looking at a series in Deuteronomy. Our summer series in 2021 was Deuteronomy. It was about being a people of promise. And Deuteronomy is the part of Scripture where Moses speaks to the children of Israel just before they're about to go into the promised land, okay? And as they stand on the edge of the banks of the River Jordan, Moses preaches these sermons to the new generation to say, this is how you should live as you enter into the promised land. And so we've been kind of using that narrative to help lead us to where we are now. A number of months ago, when we moved into this building, I really felt, along with the leadership, as we prayerfully discerned the Lord, I really felt that we, it was a sense in which we crossed over. Things have felt different in a good way since we've moved into this space. Between the wilderness and the promised land was the River Jordan. And, and I really believe as God has moved us to this location, almost by surprise, even though we had the longer-term building that which we were in last week in, in sight, I really felt that the Lord was saying that we crossed over. And it was time now, even though we hadn't fully lived into the home that we will, that God was giving us territory here to help us understand and discern the land of promise that lay ahead of us, the battles that lay ahead, and how he wanted us to move further into all that he has for us. 
And so I guess what all of that is important to say because we are heading into something new. And there is new grace for a new season. And the old grace isn't enough to get you through the new season. And sometimes what's difficult about transitions is not everybody is hungry for the new grace. And not everybody wants to embrace the new season. And so therefore there's a degree of upset at times because people start to get settled in a particular way of knowing things. And God is always calling us to move with his voice. And so for us to really get an understanding of where God is leading us, he needs to get us attention. And he needs to bring us to places like Gilgal. And Gilgal, when the children of Israel walked across the River Jordan, and they built a memorial unto God in the middle of the River Jordan to thank him for all he'd done, then it says they came to this place called Gilgal, and it was like first base in the promised land. And it was a significant moment. And I think that the Holy Spirit wants us to camp out over the next number of weeks at Gilgal. Is this making sense? Yeah? To, to get our burns, to get a sense of this is where God has called us, and this is where he's calling us to. There is a different way. This is really important to get. There is a different way of living in the promised land than there is in the wilderness. There's a different way of living when you've just got set free to when you really embrace, embrace that freedom. And sometimes what needs to happen are mindsets. This is why the Bible talks about renewing our minds. Our mindsets actually have to shift in line with the new season that we're living into. Now, there's a little, there's a little phrase on the screen here. Let me put it up, a little quote. Sometimes seasons change faster than our mindsets because we're trying to live into a new reality with a mindset that was only good in the old reality. In other words, you, you can't live in that same place with the same mindset forever. I'm going to put a little picture up on the screen um, of um, our little boy. Look at that. Look at that butter wooden. Look at those shorts. <laughs> I tried to put the socks on too, and one's a bit bigger than the other. Anyway, Finn, Finn started primary school on whatever day it was last week, right? Um, and Finn was born four weeks before this church was planted, okay? So as, as I kind of see him develop, I often think about how we're developing and maturing as a church. The, th the, thing what, the, thing, the point I want to make today is he's going through a significant transition. The mindset for nursery school has to change if he wants to survive and thrive in primary school. His, his mindset needs to shift. We've been preparing him. We've been talking to him. We've been trying to go through the kind of attachment stuff that he's been feeling. <laughs> you know, we've been like trying to wean him off, crying, just even going into crash. You know what I mean? Never mind. And praise God, he's loved it, right? He's, he's taken to it well. He's, he's embraced it. But what I'm trying to say is his mind needed renewed if he was going to live into the next season of his life. And, and some of us, if I, could be, if I could be really honest here with a bit of a challenge, and I'm, not, I'm talking to myself first and foremost, some of us are living with the nursery school mindset, and we've actually been believers for years, and we've never allowed Jesus to do the work to change our minds, to change our thinking, to mature us into the people that he's calling us to be so that we can walk further and more deeply into the destiny that he has for us, 
to join him in inheriting the nations. And so I really, I really want to impress that upon us. So all of that, I'm only getting to the Bible now, right? To say that Gilgal was a place where the mindsets had to mature. And so let me read um, from Joshua chapter 5, the first 12 verses. I think it's on the screens, um, so you can follow along. Um, the, dis- the disclaimer before I read this, it does say the word circumcision an awful lot of times, right? So about the, about the fourth or fifth time I'm saying it, I feel like I started getting embarrassed or something. But anyway, right? Um, just, just, uh, just bear with me because it's important what God is doing uh, with the children of Israel at this particular point. Joshua chapter 5. Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gabeth Harleth. Now this is why he did so. All who had came out of Egypt, all men of military age, died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that had came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. The Israelites had moved about in the wilderness for 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they had left Egypt had died, since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land he had solemnly promised their ancestor to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. And so he raised up sons in their place, and these were the ones Joshua circumcised. They were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. After the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in the camp until they were healed. And then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. And on the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped. This is key. The manna stopped. The handout you get from God every day. The man has stopped in this day. They had to learn how to feed themselves. They ate the food of the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate of the produce of Canaan. Now, it can feel like an incidental, kind of more of a descriptive passage of Scripture. You, you wonder, you know, what, what is there for us in this? But I think there's quite a lot for us to teach into over the next few weeks, and that's what we're going to do. As I said earlier, this was like first base. It was a bit like base camp. I don't know if any of you are into climbing mountains, but you know, it was a bit like the children of Israel got to base camp. They were resetting because it was a big climb that lay ahead. God had lots for them in the, in, the, in the future. And a brief survey of this passage, we start to realize that Gilgal was a place where Israel took stock and were prepared for what was ahead. Here's some of the things that it shows us on the screen that we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks, just to give you an idea of this. This was a place where they remembered their story. We're remembering, we're remembering our story this morning, how God has led us. This was the place where they recognized what lay ahead. We have to recognize what lies ahead for us. This was the place where they were restored in their identity. 
<laughs> the reason that the children of Israel needed circumcised was because this new generation hadn't been and they needed to be marked by God's covenant. They needed to be marked by holiness as God's own people. This was the place where a new army needed to be raised up. Over the next number of weeks, we, we, you know, we need people in this body to, to step up. If we're going to move into all that God has for us as a church, we need people to shoulder more responsibility, to walk more in the authority that God has for them, to put their hand up and say, yeah, I'll show up and clean toilets, and I'll show up and serve kids, and I'll show up and give my, give my tithe, into the, because I want to see the kingdom of God break forth, and I want us to walk into our inheritance together as a people. This was also the place where they were renewed in their vision where they got a sense of how God was leading them forward. And ultimately, and I love this, and we're going to get to this as the weeks come out, this was the place where they rolled away shame. This is the place where labels were rolled away. These were, these were the kids, these were the kind of, the kids of the, of the moms and dads who'd been slaves. They carried the label of, you're just the kids of the slaves. And God says, if you're going to walk into your destiny... And if you're going to walk into all that I have for you, then today's the day. We need to put a mark in the ground. We need to put a line in the sand and say, you see that label? You see that thing the enemy's bringing condemnation on you about? You see that thing that's been stuck to you all your life growing up in this town? Today is the day. We're going to roll that away because you can't walk into the fullness of all that God has called you if you still got that thing attached to your identity. Gilgal, it rolls away today. It's not just getting forgiven of your sin. It's getting the reproach that tried to stick itself to you all these years that the enemy tries to like put on our faces. Today is the day that stuff rolls away, God says. This is why Gilgal is important. It's really important for some of us individually, but it's really important for us corporately because there's been too many labels that have been stuck in and on this town and in and around this city that for too long the enemy has been having a field day on. And we want to be the people who hear the voice of the Lord saying, today I have rolled away the reproach so that you can be free. Not just 50% free, 60% free, 90% free, 100% free. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that the blood of Jesus, that the victory of the cross, that the power of the resurrection, that the gospel itself is strong enough and powerful enough to release you from everything that the past re uh, represented and lead you into the fullness of all who God is. This is why Gilgal is an important place, not just for us individually, but for us as a church. And so I, I just really want to speak, and I feel like I could prophesy this morning, great things lie ahead. Great responsibility is going to be required. Great battles lie ahead. We're going to have to roll up our sleeves and pray. We're going to have to like work out how we maybe like adjust our rhythms a little bit to get out to pray with God's people. We're going to have to think about how we, how, how we sharpen our understanding of what God has called us to so that we can respond wholeheartedly to that. This is a significant moment of change. This is this is nursery school to primary school, right? This isn't just rolling into another year. This is a significant change. And that's why I'm laboring the point this morning because I feel like 
the Holy Spirit really, really wants us to notice and pay attention. Sometimes our mindsets aren't shift, don't shift in line with the season because we're trying to connect ourselves to an old reality that God has actually moved on from. And there's fresh grace for that this morning. And so I, I want to encourage us to, to set ourselves for this. As I kind of bring this into the last five minutes or so, a kind of fun way to think about this might be about how our lives are made up of both straight lines and circles. Uh, I have found in my life I need, I need both. And I think the Bible has both. There are both uh, straight lines and circles in the Bible. Let me, let me try and explain what I mean. There is an overarching journey that the Bible takes us on. We're moving from a garden all the way to a city. People leave one place and travel to another place. But there are also themes within the Bible, circles, that just, we just continue to go around. The theme of shalom in the garden, the theme of exodus, the theme of exile, the theme of the cross. These are circles that we continue to go around, and they get richer and deeper and more beautiful as we go through the biblical story. And in, in my life, I've realized that I need both of those. I, I, I need straight lines. As a church, we need straight lines in the sense that there's a journey. God is taking us somewhere. God is leading us somewhere. We're not where we were four years ago, and we're not supposed to be. We're not supposed to be where we were four or five years ago. Of course, we can sentimentalize about it, the story. It's important to do that at times. Sometimes it's even nice to light the fire and get a little bit nostalgic and go, wasn't it great when we did all that? That's fine. But if we stay there, it grieves the heart of God because he wants to bring us further and deeper. We, we're on a journey. And so it's important for us to think a little bit and take stock. Where are we going? Where is God bringing us? But as well as straight lines, we need, we need circles. I need times in my life, and this is one of them as I enter a new season, where I just sit with my journal, or I go for a walk, or I sit with the Lord in the mornings with my Bible and my cup of coffee, and I, I circle around the presence of Jesus, and I remind myself, what am I called to? What has Jesus asked me to do? What am I starting to carry false responsibility for that I need to get off me? What are the priorities in my life that are really, really important to me? Am I cherishing my wife enough? Am I investing in my children enough? Am I, are the, I have to circle around these key and core questions in order to remind myself that this is who God has called me to be. We need both. We need straight lines and we need circles. God has taken us somewhere. Gilgal was a circle. Camp down. Camp around the presence of God. Remember who you are. If God needs to, sorry to be graphic here, if God needs to cut some stuff back in your heart, let him do it. If God needs to do a work deep to remind you who you really are, then let him do it. Allow yourself to be healed in that moment. If God wants to roll away a tag that's been stuck to you for too long, this is the season, guys. This is the season. I just feel this strong for, feel this strong for some of you. This is the season. I'm rolling away reproach, God says. I'm rolling away reproach so you can walk into freedom. We circle around these moments so that we can walk further into the straight lines that the Lord has for us. If we, if, if we just do straight lines with no circles, sooner or later, the straight line won't be straight. 
it'll get a bit wonky because we're human beings and we end up just getting a little bit attached to things that aren't Jesus' best for us <laughs> and the line that God wants to bring us on starts to deviate. And if we just circle, which some of us like to do, some of us are all straight lines and not many circles. Some of us love to circle. And the thing about circling, it's, it's, it's great, like it's you know, meditative and you're in that place all the time, but you're never really going anywhere. If there's no circles without any straight lines, without any sense of purpose and destiny, then we don't fully embrace all that God has for us. And so over the next number of weeks, we're going to be at Gilgal. We're going to do in many ways what we always do. We come here on a Sunday, and what do we do? We circle. We circle around Jesus. We take some bread and we take some juice and we circle around the broken body of Christ and we remind ourselves that we're nothing without his grace. As we, as we eat the bread and as we drink the cup and as we pray for one another, we circle around the beauty of God revealed in the person of Jesus Christ and his cross and we become more of who we were called to be. But we also come together to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit, a people that have been chosen by the Lord to display his goodness and glory in the nations, and particularly in this place of Portadown. And so as I close off this morning, I wanna, I wanna ask you to think, what, is, what does Gilgal look for you personally? It might be to get super practical about it if you, um, Remember at the start of the year, January, we spent a whole month looking at our life rhythms. And um, when we did our life rhythms, we talked about the little quadrant of four particular areas of our lives that we could get super practical about. If you're, you're new, excuse me, if you're new to us and you don't know what we're talking about here, please come and have a chat with us. We can get you this. But it's just a basic little template and framework for how we can form our lives and prioritize our lives in such a way in each of these areas of our lives in order to allow ourselves to grow in Christ-likeness and walk further into our destiny, maybe part of the practical response for you this morning is just taking that out again and going, how am I doing with what I thought I was going to do? Uh, what, what needs tweaked? It's been a different season in the summer and we're coming into September. I want to prioritize some stuff and reprioritize some stuff. I just encourage you to think about that, to get intentional about our lives so that we can move forward into all that God has for us. And as we come together on Sundays and as we come together on Wednesday nights to pray, and if you can come tonight to Lurgan to seek first as we dedicate this season to the Lord in prayer and in worship, half past six in Lurgan tonight, if you want to come, it'll just be a great time of worship and prayer and intercession. These are moments that corporately together we also discern where the Lord wants to take us as we camp around his presence. And we realize that a great destiny lies in front of us. But our identity, our inheritance, sorry, is linked to our identity. And our identity should always be maturing as we grow in grace and in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so let me leave you with this verse as I pray. On the screen, John chapter 1, verse 16. I love the way the NIV puts it. It says, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. All of us, hopefully, can testify to the grace of God. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus, today there's grace available for you to put your hope and trust and faith in him. And we'd love to encourage you to do that. And we'd love to pray with you afterwards if you feel the Lord speaking to you about that. 
Those of us who have trusted Jesus in the past, we have received his grace. And as we love to sing that old song, Amazing Grace, don't we? We love to sing the grace that's kept us safe this far is the grace that leads us on. But it's new grace. It's fresh grace. I love this verse. Out of his fullness, God never runs out of grace. Grace upon grace upon grace. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of the grace already given. Let me put it like this. Does anybody feel like the grace that they had for the season that they've lived through is kind of running out? You feel like you need fresh grace for what God has called you to and where he's leading you? Here's the good news, it's there. Out of his fullness, out of his fullness, grace. And so as I enter into a new season <laughs> and I peer ahead, sometimes I can feel overwhelmed. There's an awful lot to do. <laughs> There's an awful lot to get done. And then I remember verses like these and I remind myself, fresh grace for the fresh assignments that the Lord is laying on our hearts. Uh, if our hearts are soft and subtle to his word and to his presence, then we can respond to all that he has for us. And so as I, as I close in prayer this morning, and release you to go and get the kids and stuff. I just, uh, I want us just to take a moment. Why don't we just uh, close your eyes for a moment as we just respond to the Lord. This morning has been basically me trying to just uh, pull together threads of thought of how we've been discerning the Lord and to just try and situate us in a place in the scriptures that I think uh, testifies to where we find ourselves right now. Over the next number of weeks, we're going to be speaking into this. Different parts of our leadership team will be, will be speaking in this different areas that I mentioned today. All of it, I think, is calling for a response both practically and spiritually, as we listen to the Lord more deeply and as we hear him stir our hearts. But if, if you just feel this morning, as I've spoken, that it, it feels like the Spirit has been speaking to you, we don't necessarily need to know all the details of what that might look like personally for you, but if you just really feel like the Lord has been speaking to you and saying, this, this is a significant season for us personally, and we know or for me personally, and we know we need to respond. I'd just, I just love to pray for you. So just quietly, just before I pray, just stand to your feet and just, just as a sign of responding to whatever you feel the Lord's saying. And, I'll, um, and I just want to pray over those of you who really, really sense the Lord speak to you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. Just increase, increase your presence now, Lord, as you, as you draw your people deeper into your heart, further into your story. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. God, just right in these moments, I just want to recognize that for us as a church, and particularly, Lord, for those who are responding this, this morning, this is holy ground.
These are moments where we stand again before the burning bush and we hear you call our names. We hear you get our attention. We hear you draw us more deeply into your story. And so, God, I want to pray right in these moments that you're the fire of your presence will burn, oh God, in our hearts, Lord. Would you burn up everything that's opposed to love? Would you burn up everything that's self-orientated? And would you purify us, oh God, so that we could live more fully in all that you have for us? God, we, we thank you for all that lies ahead. Lord, we pray as we, you call us to circle around your presence, to listen to you and to your voice over the next number of weeks, that we would hear you as a church. Right now in these moments, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would overshadow Lord, each person that's responding this morning, just overshadow them by your Spirit, birth and conceive the new things that you're calling them to in this season. And Lord, if there's some here this morning and part of the reason why they're standing is because, Lord, they know that this is the moment for the shame and the label that's not of you to be rolled away. Lord, I speak in the name of Jesus, your purposes, plans, and destinies over their lives. Lord, we cancel the definitions of the enemy over them and we release them, O oh God, into all that you have for them, for your plans and purposes to be fulfilled for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Great. We do have a prayer ministry team available to pray. And for those of you who responded, but for anyone, for anything that's going on in your life, we'd, um, we'd love to encourage you to come and get some prayer. They're going to be at the front with um, lanyards on. And so please do avail of a prayer ministry. If you've got kids, it'd be great if you could lift them. That would be great and bring them down. There's no rush away. Please do introduce yourself to us if you're new. Ow. We'd love to get to know you a little bit better. And we'll see you next week. Have a great afternoon.